0: Welcome to Woody Online and Happy New Year to everyone that I haven't uh, spoken to or seen yet. My name's Stuart and I am one of the leaders at Woody. And today we're starting a new series between now and Easter, looking at the book of Acts and the very early church. And today is going to be a bit of scene setting, and bridging the gap from our previous series, Before Christmas, looking at the Gospel of Luke. And as a group of Christians, a church here at Woody, we're grappling with what it is to be church. And I believe this series will help us to unpack some of that. So today we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 1, but before I read that, let's just pray. Father, we thank you for this new year, and at the start of a new teaching series looking at the Book of Acts, we ask that you would guide us through these next few weeks and months, that we would learn something of your heart for us as individuals and as a church, that your spirit would really animate the Scriptures, but your spirit would be at work in us and in Woody now and in the weeks months and years to come in Jesus name amen so we're going to read the whole of Acts chapter 1 in my former book Theophilus I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and said, Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through the mouth of David concerning Judas, who served as guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared in this ministry. With the reward he got for his wickedness, Judas bought a field. There he fell headlong, his body burst open and all his intestines spilled out. Everyone in Jerusalem heard about this. So they called that field in their language, Akkodama, that is, field of blood. For, said Peter, it is written in the book of Psalms, may his place be deserted, let there be no one to dwell in it, and may another take his place of leadership. Therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord went in and out among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us for one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. So they proposed two men, Joseph called Barsabas, also known as Justus, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots and the lot fell to Matthias. So he was added to the 11 apostles. So what is the book of Acts? As I mentioned earlier, this is the second book in the series. Luke makes that clear right at the start of verse one. He also wrote the gospel that we studied before Christmas. And there's a lot of similarity with the beginning of the book of Luke. In that it's addressed to Theophilus. And if you remember back to the start of Luke's gospel, he set out how he was creating a carefully investigated account so that the reader might trust what they have been taught. And the book of Luke, as we covered last year, looked at Jesus' birth, his teaching and ministry, and then his death resurrection and ascension into heaven. And we're not going to recap all of that today. So what's this book all about? In my Bible, it is just called Acts. Well, whose Acts? You might have heard it referred to as the Acts of the Apostles, but it's about more than that. Perhaps it's about the acts of the Holy Spirit. In the next chapter, we have the arrival at Pentecost of the Holy Spirit, but it's about more than that. If we look at verses one and two, we see Luke highlights that his former book was about what Jesus began to do. This book is about what Jesus continued to do, but by his spirit, through the apostles, And it's about Luke wanting the reader to understand that Jesus is still at work. And that's what we're going to be looking at over the next few months. And in preparing, I came across this quote from a Bible commentator called Arthur T. Pearson, who wrote a commentary in 1895, which ends with the following challenge. Church of Christ. The records of these acts of the Holy Ghost have never reached completeness. This is the one book which has no proper close because it waits for new chapters to be added so fast and so far as the people of God shall reinstate the blessed spirit in his holy seat of control. And so we will be looking at this with a view to what new chapters we should be writing As Woody. We need to take up that challenge of ensuring that the Holy Spirit has full control. So what might chapter one be saying into the life of Woody at this time? The first 12 verses, Luke has a bit of a recap of the last chapter of his gospel account, and there are two snippets of conversation after the resurrection with Jesus and his disciples. And then in the second half of the chapter, we have the account of the disciples in Jerusalem and then choosing a replacement for Judas. So in that first part, we have these two red letter passages of Jesus speaking to his disciples. And I want to briefly focus on these. The first is verses four and five. And it says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus gives an instruction to his disciples to wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit, which he had already taught them about. And then the second snippet is in verses seven and eight. He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He tells them, it's not for them to know all the details, to know the timings, but you have a job to do, empowered by his spirit. And in that response, he's actually correcting their whole perceptions of what the kingdom of God is all about. They've just asked him whether he's going to now restore the kingdom to Israel. But he challenges them that the kingdom is not geographic but it is a spiritual kingdom. Also that it's not confined to Israel, but it is going to go gradually outwards beyond Israel to Samaria and Judea and to the ends of the earth. And then it says Jesus was taken up into heaven. We then have this period of around 10 days, when the disciples are gathered in Jerusalem and we can only speculate as to what they might have been feeling. I can certainly imagine there was uncertainty. We're still within six weeks of the Last Supper, the arrest, the trial, the flogging and the crucifixion of Jesus and then his resurrection. Then he's back and now he's gone again. There has been a lot of change. Perhaps there were a few hours with an adrenaline rush after uh, seeing Jesus taken up into heaven, but as hours turned into days, I can imagine it starts to get a bit surreal. But we can see from the text that the disciples are obedient. In verse 12, it says, they returned to Jerusalem, as Jesus had asked. In verse 13, they went to the room where they were staying. And then it says they joined together constantly in prayer. And that word together, um, I may not pronounce this well, is uh, homothimadon. Homothimadon, I don't know the intonation. A word Luke uses 10 times and is only used elsewhere by other writers in the New Testament once. Now, it could mean that they were in the same place, they were together. Or it could mean that they were doing the same thing together. But when Luke uses this word elsewhere, it is about being united in prayer or making a united decision. So it's about more than just togetherness in action, but togetherness in purpose. They prayed with one mind. And as we know, they prayed for 10 days waiting for the Holy Spirit. They persevered in prayer. So as we start this new year, are you facing uncertainty? Are you wondering where Jesus has gone or when he's coming back? Are you waiting for something to happen, perhaps something he has promised If that's you, you could do a lot worse than mimic what the disciples did here, to be obedient to what he has said, to pray with perseverance and to wait patiently. As a church, we've set aside this month to listen carefully to what God is saying to us, to wait. We've been trialing something quite different, and we believe this trial is in response to his leading. There might be some uncertainty. There might be things we want to know that Jesus is saying that is not for us to know right now. Perhaps he's being, uh, asking us to be obedient to what he has already told us. Perhaps the lesson for us at this time is that we are to wait, to pray, to do as he's asked, to pray with perseverance and one mind, to be united in our prayer. And I just want to then briefly touch on the second part of this passage. As I find it fascinating, we have this account of choosing who of Matthias and Barsabbas will be selected to replace Judas. And they do this by casting lots. Now, I can't recall having really heard uh, any teaching on the casting of lots before, but it's not the only time in the Bible lots are drawn or cast. There are many examples in the Old Testament. It's funny because um, my kids are now at high school, but when they were in primary school, They did seem to do a lot of um, drawing lots to choose between uh, students in classroom. Maybe it was to answer questions. Maybe it was to get special privileges. And in each classroom, they had a set of lolly sticks, as they called it. And each one had the name of a child in the class. And it was a good way of maybe um, avoiding favoritism or the same children always asking questions. And so often this uh, tin of sticks would be passed around for someone to draw a name out, and that would be the person that was selected. So, and I always thought, oh, that's interesting that they now draw lots in school. And when I first read this passage and knew I was teaching today, I was intrigued. So I have looked into it a little bit. Sure enough, it was a fairly frequent way of almost divining God's will. Often the act of casting lots would be preceded by prayer, as it was here. Then sometimes it might be with stones of uh, of different shapes or colours or markings. Maybe it would be uh, with other ways. There seems to be different methods mentioned in different accounts and commentaries. And it made me wonder whether actually we could be making a lot of our church meetings quite a bit shorter when we're making decisions. However, this is actually the final time that the casting of lots was used in the Bible. Do you know why? Because in the next chapter, spoiler alert, the Holy Spirit is sent. And we now have Jesus' spirit inside us to guide us. We no longer need to rely on divination which is what I love so much about the Baptist movement, that we recognise discerning the will of God for our church is not restricted to the few or to specialists. Yes, we have different giftings and callings, but all of us who have put our trust in Jesus are filled with his spirit. We can all discern his will. That is a great honour and a responsibility that we can listen for his prompting, his leading. So two, I guess, brief challenges to finish. If you don't know Jesus, but you want to know more about this character from 2000 years ago, that is apparently still at work today, perhaps you might want to know how you can be part of writing a new chapter of the work of his spirit, working through his church, his people please do get in touch, we would love to chat with you. We're shortly going to be launching an alpha course, which is an opportunity for you to learn more about who is this Jesus, who is the Holy Spirit, and where you can ask whatever questions you may like. If you're interested, the details to get in touch will be on the screen in a few moments as we close. And secondly, to Woody, as a church, as a group of God's people, we're grappling with what church is, who it is for, what the next chapter is in the Woody story. I want to challenge you to take up the mantle of setting aside time this month to pray. I want to challenge you to make sure you come along to the whole church prayer meeting on Wednesday the 12th, so we can seek him together, that we can be united in prayer. I want to challenge you to listen to what God is saying to you and to us ahead of the church meeting at the end of January. What is the job that Jesus has for us at this time that he wants us to fulfil, empowered, by his spirit. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Woody. We thank you that we now have the Holy Spirit within us, that you are able to speak directly to us through your spirit. Father, I pray for Woody through this month as we seek you, as we make ourselves available, as we spend time listening, would you speak to us? Would you prompt us by your spirit? Would you lead us by your spirit? Would you refresh us? Would you refill us? That you would be leading our church and that we would follow where you lead. That you would lead us into writing the next chapter of the book of the Acts of Jesus working by his spirit through his disciples. And Father, in all that we do this week, would you go with us In Jesus' name. Amen. So thank you for listening or watching this morning or whenever it is that you are accessing this. Uh, We pray that you have a good week, uh, a blessed week this week. If you want to get in touch, the details will be up on the screen in a moment. We would love to hear from you. But other than that, we look forward to seeing you another time soon. Goodbye.